Good morning and welcome to Echoes of Calvary. This is your host, Greg Sweeting. Thank you for opening your home to us this morning. I invite you to now open your hearts and worship with us as we share from the Word of God. Stay with us as we share comments and illustrations with a spiritual application, present special music to call us to worship, and in a few minutes, Pastor Alan Lee will come to share insights from Scripture and explain how to apply God's Word that we might grow to be complete in Christ. The Gideons have been known for many years for their commitment and persistence in distributing copies of the Bible. You'll probably find a Gideon-produced Bible in any hotel room you stay in, almost anywhere around the free world. Atheists, who obviously do not accept Scripture as what it is, who do not believe in God, they say, would probably not be interested in reading a Bible that they find in the night table next to their hotel bed. That's their choice. But what irritates me is their arrogance and presumptive pompousness that assume these atheists, that is, to lord it over everyone else and insist that their beliefs are the only acceptable course to follow. You cannot have it your way. It must be my way. I guess this is the malady of the times in which we live. A recent news report out of the state speaks to an atheist who stayed in a cabin somewhere, found a Gideon-produced Bible in his room, and was angry. He disagreed with this. In his world, no one should be able to find a Bible in their hotel room. Since the cabin was located in a state park, the atheist reported the discovery to the person responsible for state parks. In some situations, America, I believe, has really lost its way. It can't see the forest for the trees sometimes, so determined it is to be politically correct. I'm not a lawyer nor a constitutional expert, but in my simple opinion, these simpletons who argue the relativity between church and state are lost. They have their heads screwed on backwards. Well, according to this story, the state parks man sent out an order that all Bibles must be removed from any hotel or cabin room located in any state park. Because one atheist didn't like it, no one else would be allowed to read the Bible in their room either. Such arrogance. When I return, I'll share with you the interesting intervention in this particular situation. This is not another song about the mountains, except about how hard they are to know. Or have you ever stood before them like a mustard seed who's waiting for some I say faith is a burden, it's a weight to bear, it's brave and bittersweet, and hope is hard to hold to, Lord I believe, only help my Have you ever heard 
heard that Jesus is the answer And thought about the many doubts you hide Have you wondered how He loves you If He really knows how dark you are inside I say faith is a burden It's a weight to bear my unbelief till there's no more faith and no more hope I'll see your face and Lord I'll know there's no more faith and no more hope I'll sing your praise and let them go my lungs and I will praise you Lord in glory and in pain and I will follow you till this race is won and I will drive these roads till this motor won't run and I will sing your song from sea to shining sea and I will praise you Lord Till your kingdom comes and I will follow where you will lead Till there's no more faith and no more hope I'll see your face and Lord I'll know There's no more faith and no more hope I'll sing your praise and let them go only love remains only your love remains after the order went out to remove the Bibles the Georgia governor found out about it. He overruled this order and instructed that the Bibles would not be removed. His rationale, though I suspect it might be grounded in a higher cause, was that the Bibles had been donated and therefore would remain. They had not been purchased by the state with public money, which had made it harder for him to argue, I guess. All donations should be accepted, argued the governor. The atheist, however, not to be thwarted, responded by being cute and arranging for tracts and religious literature and anti-religious materials from several well-known atheistic authors and publications to be donated to the Georgia State Parks for inclusion in hotels and cabins along with these Bibles. The governor commented, apparently, to a group of reporters who asked about this situation one day. He quipped that all these materials donated would be acceptable and placed in the hotel rooms, he said, but he could not, he added, guarantee their safety.
These antagonists are motivated by fear and a sense of understanding that if all this turns out to be real and there really is a God, they must face him one day and they must give an account. Burying their common sense in the confusion of rejection and disassociation helps them to cover up their intelligence, stifle it, and even accept a lie. The God of this age really has blinded their minds to the truth, and they believe his lie.
end now with this message for today. Here's our pastor, Alan Lee. Good morning. Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ once again. We are living in some extremely interesting, challenging, and exciting days, especially for those who are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. For some, however, who do not know the Word of God, these challenges are scary and threatening to them as believers, and they see these challenges as barriers to their faith. For instance, same-sex marriage, capital punishment, abortion, and now stem cell research. What is the Christian response to all of these current moral dilemmas? Does the Bible have the answers as to how we are to respond in a Christ-like way to these challenges? I steadfastly and confidently maintain that the Bible does in fact have the answers and that Christians, like the sons of Issachar in 1 Chronicles 12.32, who understood the signs of the times based on the Word of God, can also know what to do in these times. As the text says, and I quote, All these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. Christians must understand the times in which we live. We must be able to read the signs all around us and thus use the word of God to guide us in taking the best course of action in these challenging days. Two major current questions arise today in our society. One is rather old and is simply being rehashed. The other is relatively new and requires careful study and examination by thinking Christians. However, they are connected, as we shall see in this series of messages. The old but renewed question is, is abortion on demand murder? The underlying question here, of course, is, is the fetus in the mother's womb a human being? I say that this is old because I personally have been speaking to this issue for over 20 years, over the same station via radio and via TV as well on ZNS 13. I will repeat some of the same basic facts from the scriptures related to this issue as we continue with our focus on this issue because the facts do not change, although some of the circumstances may. Now, what are some of the signs that indicate that the long-held Judeo-Christian belief that abortion is the killing of a human being being eroded by so-called progressive thinkers of our day? The major one, in my opinion, is the current freedom and even arrogance on the part of leading physicians in our community to publicly declare that abortion is no big deal. In fact, they say all civilized, progressive countries are legalizing it. After all, the fetus is only a blob of plasma that is simply an unnecessary appendage to a woman's body, like an appendix or even an unwanted tumor. Or, as one behaving doctor declared, it's only a parasite within the woman. Friends, these are signs that there is a deliberate attempt to remove the foundations of our Christian heritage as a nation. This long-held worldview, which is the basis for Western civilization, is now being challenged by contrasting views in our present Bahamian society as well as worldwide. We must understand the signs of the times in which we live and study the Word of God to show ourselves approved unto Him by knowing what to do in these times. The second, more recent question is, is stem cell research moral? The underlying question here is, 
where does life begin? The answer to the question is, is it moral to use harvest embryonic stem cells, which kills the embryo in order to save or heal another person? Now you can see clearly that the question regarding abortion as well as the question regarding stem cell research are asking the same question. When does life begin? I am pleased to note that the committee set up to oversee this proposed venture has definitely stated that embryonic stem cells will not be utilized here in the Bahamas should permission be granted by our government. However, there are some mitigating factors that could cause this prohibition to be lifted in the future should the venture prove to be as successful as it is predicted and many of the now incurable illnesses are in fact cured through this process. The uncertainty arises in this connection because those mitigating factors involves politics and the lure of financial gain by both investors and medical personnel involved in the implementation. This is being played out before our eyes right now in our own case in the Bahamas. Just read the newspapers, listen to your news over the station. Now I'll get back to this economic situation in a moment. But another issue that arises from the stem cell research issue, which has not yet surfaced in our local discussion, is that of cloning. Because you see, my friends, if it is decided that it is all right to harvest embryonic stem cells, which will automatically make abortion on demand a major demand by those who supply such fetuses, all studies show that cloning of humans to reproduce these stem cells will almost automatically follow just because of the financial profit. But let's take these issues one at a time and step by step, although they overlap in many instances. As I mentioned, with regard to the issue of abortion, the big question is, is a fetus human? Or to put it in terms of the literature in the field, when does it become a person with worth? Or when does personhood emerge if it isn't inherent within the fetus itself, as some claim? Let's begin with the definition of abortion. The pro-abortionist defines abortion as the termination of a pregnancy. However, pro-life advocates define abortion as the termination of the life of a human being. It's a major difference here. Now, what about the issue of stem cell research? In fact, what are stem cells? Let me give you a concise definition of the combined explanation of credible literature on the subject. Stem cells are the foundation cells for every organ, every tissue, and cell in the body. They are like a blank microchip that can ultimately be programmed to perform particular tasks within the body. Stem cells are undifferentiated or blank cells that have not yet fully specialized. Now, there are many different types of stem cells. These include embryonic stem cells that exist only at the earliest stages of embryonic development. As embryonic stem cells, they can form all cell types in the body or for the body. They are referred to as pluripotent, pluripotent stem cells. Now, there are various types of adult or tissue-specific stem cells that exist in a number of different fetal and adult tissues. These stem cells generally can only form a limited number of cell types corresponding with these tissues of origin. They are called multipotent stem cells. 
most embryonic stem cells come from spare embryos used in virtual fertilization clinics. These raises a significant pro-life question, or Christian question actually, because when scientists puncture the human embryo to gain their stem cells, they kill the embryo. Embryonic stem cells can also be obtained through cloning. An egg's genetic material is removed and replaced with the chromosome of an adult cell. Then stem cells are extracted from a clone embryo. Again, this raises questions for the Christian because human embryos are being produced by cloning so that their stem cells can be taken at like a factory. Laboratory cloning is often used to create embryonic stem cells and genetically specified stem cells may be placed in a cloned embryo for research programs. This information is taken from the Bibliotheca Sacra 159, the October-December issue, 2002, and written by J. Kirby Anderson. Now, as has already been shown in our own local situation here in the Bahamas, because of the tremendous possibilities of cure for major illnesses due to the proper application and use of stem cells, the source of these cells can and will have a tremendous financial benefit to the suppliers. So the question is, who will profit financially from stem cell availability? It plays a big part in the process, especially the beginning. This impacts both the political and the investor. These are the individuals who are involved. The doctor who plays a role in establishing a stem cell facility could well become the leading doctor in providing abortion on demand. Why? Because of the access he will have to the fetuses that he aborts and will probably become the first to call for human cloning for the same monetary or financial gain. These are the implications, my friends. This applies also to every investor or financial donor. That's why the discussion today is so important. So a major question that arises is this. Who really profits from such a facility? Is it the doctors, the investors, or what about the people, the ordinary citizen? What about the donors of the stem cells themselves? Will they have the ability to benefit financially from their donation? Will an everyday, hard-working Bahamian be able to share in both the financial and healing benefits? Or will the cost be such that only the foreigner and rich Bahamian will be able to take advantage of such a facility being set up in their homeland? Friends, these are some of the practical, moral, and ethical questions that arise from a political and economical perspective. But we want to look at the most vital question of all, the moral one. Is a fetus human? Or when does the fetus become a person with worth? When does personhood emerge if it isn't inherent within the fetus? This is the question we will seek to answer from the Word of God next time, Lord willing. Until then, this is Pastor Lee saying, Selah, think and act on these things.
comes from heaven when his blessed face we see you have been listening to echoes of calvary a radio ministry of calvary bible church in nassau bahamas our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 o'clock in the sanctuary located on collins avenue we extend an invitation to you to join us on these occasions if you would like to contact the church or pastor lee Address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And so we come to an end of this broadcast. I invite you to think about the message this morning. Consider the one who is our Savior and Lord. Grow to be complete in Him. And remember, as echoes from Calvary stir in your heart, keep listening for that shout, Maranatha, the Lord is coming soon. Great command is promised, he will surely come again. I am listening every moment for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground and not toiling will be happen in a moment, Jesus Christ could come again. I am listening every moment for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground in a moment Jesus Christ could come again